Hello, and welcome to another episode of Music and Therapy with Relationship Coach Kiana W. Mitchell. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. Hello, guys. I'm super excited to be here with you today, and I hope that you have been having an amazing week. I am extremely proud of myself because I've been getting into the habit of exercising again. Okay, so you notice I said again because it seems like exercise and I have like a love-hate relationship. For example, I can go to the gym for months consistently, love it, work out, and enjoy myself, look forward to it, get up like super early just to be at the gym early in the morning to be back in time for my husband to go to work, and then for some reason, I'll miss a day, right? And if I miss a day or two, I can't explain it. It's like I don't go back to the gym for weeks. Yeah, this is only if I miss a day or two. So a few months ago, like at the beginning, um, I would say at the beginning of April, let's say, I was going to the gym every single day. I was doing good. I was enjoying it, feeling good about myself again. Well, feeling healthy, I should say, because I've always felt good about myself. I was just feeling healthy because I felt like I was getting my cardio. I felt like my body was in a healthier place. So I was in the bathroom one day, and my husband, he likes to do push-ups, right? So he left his little push-up things in the bathroom, and we have a very small bathroom. So I was walking in the bathroom, early in the morning I tripped on his push-up things and then I hit my foot on the side of the counter or on the bottom I should say of the sink and we live in an older house so of course it's made out of wood and it literally like had a deep cut in between like my pinky toe and the other toe and so it was hurting it was really deep so I didn't go to the gym for a while and to be honest I didn't even put shoes on so that it could heal so I missed out about a month or so of going to the gym. But I was able to use the maxi climber occasionally when I felt like it. But you know, I missed out some time on the gym because I couldn't put a shoe on and so I didn't go. And it, it took three to four weeks for my foot to completely heal. Then let's say I gave myself an extra week to make sure my foot was healed before I went back to the gym. But it was hard to get back. During that time, my husband bought me a maxi climber and he was like, well, if you don't go back to the gym, here's a maxi climber. You could work on it. And I love the maxi climber. Don't get me wrong. Uh, when I first saw the video about this exercise machine, it was amazing because you could see people getting on it. And they were just going. And it just looked like, okay, it did look like so much fun. And then it looked like it helped you with your exercise. But you know, whenever they advertise exercise equipment, everybody always look amazing. And they're having a great time in the exercise machine. So I was like, yeah, I want to get that. So he got it for me. And this is during the time my foot was healing. And so, let's say it was like three weeks after I hurt my foot, I got on the maxi climber, and it like tired me out. Like I was exhausted. Usually when I go to the gym, I can put the treadmill on the incline, and I can walk for like an hour, depending on how fast I'm going. But you know, I'm pretty good at it. Like my stamina is really good. And it's like no sweat, like I can do it. But on the maxi climber, I can barely go for a song, which is three minutes, on my Bluetooth. So I was just like, what is happening to me? So I was trying to do that and the maxi climber kills me, it's exhausting. Like I'm at a point where I can at least do 20 minutes and at first I could barely do three, but I can do 20 minutes. But it's really, really hard. It's not as easy as it looks. But it's a good machine because it does make you sweat. It helps get your heart rate up. So, and it helps me 
It really does. I do see why it's a good machine, but it just kills me. So the other week, I realized, I was like, you know, I'm still paying for my gym membership, and I'm locked in for a year. So I decided that what I would do is I just get up super early in the morning, go to the gym, exercise, and then on days when I didn't go to the gym, I would use my maxi climber. So I had that all set out like every other day or every two days. And so I've been, I've managed to keep it up, and I feel amazing. Like, I feel good. My body feels to be in shape. I feel better. And you can tell me you exercise. And I know a lot of people exercise because they want to lose weight. But exercising is good for many reasons. It's good for your mental health. It's good for your physical health. It is good if you want to lose weight or if you just want to stay in shape or if you just want to strengthen your heart. So exercise is really good. And when I exercise, I feel healthier. I feel better. I can stay up longer. It just seems like my quality of life is a whole lot better when I exercise. And of course, there's more clarity because my mind seems to be more at ease, it's relaxed, and I can think clearer. So yeah, exercise has a lot. So exercise has really helped me. I'm really excited. I've been able to keep it up. And my goal is to go the whole summer through without stopping. And then what I want to do when my youngest daughter, she's 12, when she turns 13 next year, I'm going to get all of us memberships to the gym so that we can all go to the gym. All right, I don't like to go outside, and right now walking outside is what we have to do to get everyone exercise. So, yeah, just between us, we're going to all go to the gym, and we're going to exercise inside. But occasionally we will, you know, venture outside, especially if it's not too hot. And we live in the South, so it is extremely hot. Anyway, that's how I plan to do next year. But this year we're trying to do the whole family being healthy and well. So I'll be at the gym in the afternoons. My kids and I will take walks just to make sure we are healthy. So I'm telling you all of this because I know I'm not the only one who want to be in better shape. I know I'm not the only one who wants a better quality of life and better health. And the best way to have the best quality of life is for us to work on our health and our wellness and our fitness. So I know I'm not the only one. And so if you are like me and hate exercising and hate going to the gym, I would encourage you to start off really small. Like just say something like, on Sundays, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to the gym. Or if you don't have a gym, you can say, I'm going to walk on this day. Or what I used to do is I used to park like extremely far away from the store or wherever I was trying to go. So I would have to walk all that way inside. So if I was going to Walmart or Target, I would park at the end of the parking spaces so I would have to walk all the way in there are many ways to walk get your heart rate up get your steps in but you just have to be creative especially if you are busy and have kids you can even go outside and play with them but I know I'm not the only one who wants to be healthy so I encourage you this is one of your goals and something you want to do no matter if you want to lose weight or if you just want to stay in shape or just be a healthier version of yourself then I would advise you and encourage you to begin working out even if it's like for 10 minutes a day you can do so much in 10 minutes if it is concentrated on that one thing you want to do so if you have not started to try to get your workout on let's start together and make sure that we are a healthier version of ourselves now as you know we have a music and therapy facebook page and a group and i would love 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 for you to be a part of this group now this is the place where you can have access to me get in contact with me talk to me you can message me i do giveaways in this group i give out more detailed information in this group and i do plan to do more facebook lives in the group along with questions and answers i know in the past i've started haven't really kept up my facebook lives but i'm going to try to make it something maybe every other week instead of every week or 
as needed. But I do plan to do more of it, but it'll only be in my group. So please, please join the group. I also want to do questions and answers. So if you have any questions about the podcast or anything you heard that week, you can ask me questions and I will answer you. Now, I've made it really easy for you to join. So just take some time right now, unless you're driving. If you're driving, wait till you get home. If you're not driving, then all you have to do is go to the show notes, click on the link to join our group, and you'll be in. You're going to be so happy that you did this, and I can't wait for you to be a part of our group. Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about and discuss the best way to have a difficult conversation. Now, having difficult conversations can mean different things to different people. Like for me, um, a difficult conversation to have is to actually have to tell someone something bad or talk to them about their behavior or something that they need to improve on. I don't know why. It's just difficult for me to have these conversations because first, I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want to come off as being way too harsh. And then sometimes I feel as if in the wake of trying not to be too mean or anything, I come off as way too kind. And I know you have to be kind because it takes five good positive things before you tell someone something negative. But sometimes I feel I don't get the message across the way I think it needs to be gotten across because I'm just trying not my best not to hurt these, someone's feelings. So that's having a difficult conversation for me. Um, for someone else, it could be money. I know like for my husband, he has a very hard time talking to people about different things that may have hurt his feelings or offended him. And see, that's not a difficult conversation for me to have because I will let someone know in a heartbeat, hey, this offended me, hurt my feelings, it can't happen. But he has a difficult time talking to people about those things. So difficult conversations can meet different things for different people. However, in a relationship, you see how all this comes together. There are going to be times you're going to have to talk to your spouse or your partner about things that they need to work on and things they need to improve on. And that could be a difficult conversation. You're going to have to talk to your spouse or your partner about things that they may have done unintentionally and they hurt your feelings or things that they did knowing that they hurt your feelings. You're going to talk about these things. You're going to, have to talk about money. There are some places where in some um, cases where you're going to talk about religion and your values and what you want your children to do and not do. And all of these can be difficult conversations because they people can get offended, people can get hurt, and they're all things that can you know, start an argument, which none of us wants to have because arguments can last forever, takes up a lot of your energy and your time. So these are just some thing, reasons why people have a difficult time talking about things that need to be talked about in your relationship but are often hard to talk about. Regardless of what a difficult conversation means to you, we can all agree that we have topics of conversation that we would rather avoid. Now, last week on the podcast, I shared how... I used to get frustrated about something and how it was shut down, and this was my way of dealing with avoiding a difficult conversation and not expressing my feelings. And for those of you who didn't hear last week's episode, I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to last week's episode about how to express your feelings and why it's not a good idea to shut down and not get the issue resolved. So that was leading to this week, and this week we're going to talk about how to have difficult conversations. 
Now, all of this is very important. Now, when I used to shut down and we never talked about anything, nothing got resolved. And so then I would get angry and resentful and feel as if the problem would never get fixed. And, you know, it kind of leads you into this, oh, this is never going to get better kind of mindset. Now, of course, in hindsight now, I realized how silly that was because it's impossible to resolve any of these issues or even have a conversation about them if you're not working on the issue at hand or even having a conversation about it. So having difficult conversations can make us feel uncomfortable and none of us like to feel uncomfortable. I know I hate feeling uncomfortable but I, and I also hate to be out of my comfort zone. But do you know what? In life, we are going to have to be in uncomfortable situations and we're gonna have to get out of our comfort zone to achieve certain things. Um, I recently read a book, well I read it before, but I read it again and it's called Who Moved My Cheese? And it talks about how sometimes it takes for us to be uncomfortable to move forward and to reach our goals and do the things that we wanted to do, but we gotta get out of our comfort zone. And so that's how it is with difficult conversations. Yeah, they make us uncomfortable. We don't wanna have them. We will avoid them with everything that we have. It takes us out of our comfort zone, but it is something that needs to be done. It needs to be done so that we can discuss the issues at hand, so that we're not ignoring something that could be potentially fatal to your relationship, and so that you can grow and improve. If you have never felt uncomfortable or out of your comfort zone, then you're not gonna grow. It's all about growing. And of course, as you grow and as you move out of your comfort zone, it is uncomfortable for a minute because you've never done it before, or in this case, the difficult conversations, you've never handled a situation in this manner. So it's uncomfortable and you might feel like, am I doing it right, I don't know. But as you practice and as you move on, and as time goes on, you are going to see that you're gonna be able to navigate these situations better and have conversations that you never thought were possible to have without arguing and without fighting. Now, there are just many strategies that people use to avoid having difficult conversations. Some of these strategies include avoiding the other person so that we don't have to deal with the problem. I have done that, so that's one of the things I used to use. Or talking to them, but avoiding the issue at hand. And I've done that as well. Okay, I've done a lot of these things. We attack the other person, telling them that, that the problem is them and that they need to change. We can get defensive. We withdraw emotionally, which is what I was telling you I did last week, shutting down. Or we just give up. And none of these strategies have ever worked in any relationship, nor have they ever been effective. Now, it's hard to resolve and, dis and discuss issues that you continue to avoid. So instead of using deflection and projection and avoiding dealing with the issues in our relationships, there are certain things that we need to do. And it's important that we do these things so that we can first create an environment where the person feels safe, to discuss different things, a place where they know it's okay to express their feelings, and a place where they understand that what they say is gonna be accepted. And like I always tell people, it is okay to agree to disagree because we're not always gonna agree on everything. But the point is you can come to a compromise that works for both you and your spouse. So whenever you're having difficult conversations, get perspective on the issue that needs to be discussed. So I know with me, if I'm frustrated about something, usually it's, it's a buildup. So it's not just like one issue, it's a buildup of a lot of issues. And sometimes we get so caught up in the big picture of problems that we don't discuss the one thing that started all of this. So let's say you and your spouse, you wanna talk to them about I don't know, maybe how to raise kids or what you should eat or finances. Let's go with that. Let's say you want to talk about finances. So instead of blowing up and be like, 
Well, when I talk to this, when I talk to my spouse, I'm going to talk to him about spending the money, not being responsible, not doing this, not doing that. Get perspective. And what perspective means is you sit down, you think about what you want to discuss and why you want to discuss it and how it affects the household. And when you think of it like that, then you can sit down and talk to him in a way like, remember last week when such and such happened? I know you wanted to buy it. And I like the fact that you thought about the house when you bought this object or when you bought such and such. But next time, maybe we can discuss big purchases before we buy them. And then you can say something, I'm also guilty of it, so maybe we can make this a practice where both of us discuss the purchase of big items before we purchase them. And then you can do something like that. So get perspective on the issue that needs to be addressed, think about it, and then talk to the person about the issue and not all the things that resulted from the issue. Get perspective on the issue and discuss that. The second thing you could do is have trust. And when I say have trust, trust that it's okay to discuss the issue. You have to trust yourself that this is a problem that needs to be addressed. Because sometimes we feel as if we're making a big deal out of nothing or we're, what we have to say is not going to matter. But you have to trust that it's okay to discuss the issue. You have to trust and know that your gut instinct is probably right. If you feel this is an issue, it's probably something that needs to be talked about. Now, it may not be a huge blow-up kind of issue, but if there's a problem you need to discuss it. I've always, always said it is easier and better to talk about problems before they get to be big problems. So if it's a small problem, address it, discuss it, and stop it before it grows into a big problem. Because big problems are harder to deal with. It takes more emotional stress to cope with. So if you can discuss things when they first start at like the baby stage of things, then it's not going to get to the big stage. And you can kind of keep things in a place where you're emotionally able to cope with these things. So have trust in yourself that it's okay to discuss these issues and that it's important enough to discuss. Because if it's important to you, and if it's causing you anxiety or stress or any kind of emotional discomfort, then it's something that needs to be talked about. So have trust that it's okay to discuss the issue. Take ownership of your part of the issues. Now this is a hard one to swallow. Like, I hate this one. And I love it at the same time. I hate it because nobody wants to take ownership of their part of the issue. I know I don't. There have been times when something has happened and I'm just like, this isn't even my fault. I don't even know what I need if I need to apologize because I feel that it's all this person. But it's a marriage. It's a relationship. So it can't be all this person. You both have a part in what happened. You both have a part in the situation, whether it's your reaction. And listen, your reaction, how you feel is valid. So I'm not saying that. How you feel is valid. But sometimes the way we react may not be appropriate for how we feel. Like, for example, I remember one time I was, it was my early 20s. I was working at a daycare. I was the lead teacher. And I kind of felt like they were unfair. So I would be in the baby room all by myself, taking care of six babies. And I enjoyed the job. I loved the kids. It was a lot of fun for me. But they would never come to relieve me on time to go to the restroom. I would never get lunch on time. And it just got to a point where I was just building up and building up. And so one day I got really frustrated. And so one day I ordered lunch. And no one got it for me. They just left me in the baby room. No food, no bathroom breaks, no nothing. So when the lady came and she's like, well, Kiana, 
she asked me a question and I just was so frustrated. I started to cry and I was all upset. I was like, you didn't even bring me lunch and this and that. And you know, I just had a breakdown and she was just looking at me and it happened because instead of addressing the situation and talking to the director or talking to people like, hey, I need you guys to remember it. I leave at such and such or I need to go to lunch or whatever. I didn't do that. I just held it in and I let it build up and up until they said one thing. It was about food and I just broke down because I was just so frustrated. And sometimes, of course, that did resolve the issue, but I think I could have, I know I could have handled that a lot better. But I was in my early 20s, <laughs> learning still. But we do that in our relationships. Like, we don't talk about it. We will let things build up and build up and build up until we have a breakdown. And it can be something small. Like, maybe you see your husband left something on the floor and he didn't pick up his clothes. Or maybe your wife left dishes in the sink. Or it could be reversed because both male and female leave things on the floor and leave things in the sink after people have cleaned up. So it could be reversed. So maybe your wife left something in the sink or maybe your... No, I said that wrong. Maybe your husband left something in the sink and maybe your wife left something on the floor. I don't know what it could be for you, but maybe it could be something small and it sets you off and you get angry and you get upset. And the way you feel is valid, but the way you address or express your emotions is not appropriate for the situation. So sometimes we have to look at ourselves. So if you have a difficult situation to discuss, you got to take ownership of your part of the issue. It's not all him, it's not all her. It's not all you, and it's not all your spouse or your partner. So you have to take ownership. It takes two to tango. So if there's an argument, you both are responsible for that argument because you can't argue by yourself. And if you are arguing, then you both have issues. So it's important when discussing issues, take ownership of your part of the issue. So for instance, if um, there's dishes in the sink and I left them in, and I, my husband came and he talked to me about it. Instead of saying, well, you just washed dishes too early and I got to put it somewhere. I can say something like, oh, well, I do see it is my fault. I did leave the dishes in. Next time I'll wash them and before I put it away or something like that. Or even if it's reversed, even if it's him leaving dishes in the sink and I'm getting mad about that because he left the dish in the sink, I can take ownership of my part of the issue by saying something like, Instead of saying, you leave dishes in the sink every single day and you know I clean or whatever, instead of doing that, I could take ownership. And even though it seems like I'm not responsible for him leaving dishes in the sink, I could still take ownership of my part in this. And when I, here's what I mean. And I guess I'm saying it in a way. Let me just explain. So let's say we have an argument. I guess that's the best way to put it. We have an argument because he left dishes in the sink and I had just cleaned up. So yeah, I'm in the right because I just cleaned up and if you make dishes afterwards, you should clean up after yourself. But how I would take ownership if we had an argument or a disagreement about it and we wanted to discuss it later, I would say something like, okay, so I first want to apologize for blowing up at you earlier today about the dishes being in the sink. I shouldn't have done that. That was my fault. I'm sorry about that. And then after that, discuss the issue and how it made you feel. So that is how you take ownership for your part of the issue, okay? That's how we do it. Another thing is to take emotions out of the conversation and just talk about how the behavior made you feel. Now, am I the only one, or do you notice that sometimes it we let our emotions take over? So if we're mad and we have a valid 
complaint or a valid discussion, most people can't hear it because all they see and hear is the anger that we have. Or we're upset about something. Instead of explaining what we're upset about, we let our emotions take over and we're either hysterical or we're screaming or we're irrational. So the point of this is take out the emotion out of the conversation. So if you have these emotions, work them out before you discuss the problem. Because if you don't, your emotions will definitely take over. When you have difficult conversations, the last thing you want to do is come at someone screaming and hollering because it's not going to do anything. That is going to make them shut down or get upset. And then you guys will have an argument and you've done nothing but start a fight. So when you have difficult conversations, talk about the issue. Talk about how the behavior made you feel. So if you feel like you were disrespected in some way, talk about how when you said such and such and such, it made me feel this. And take out the emotion. Don't say, well, I got so angry. Because when you say, I got so angry, you're kind of giving yourself another reason to relive the anger and take it out on that person. So take the emotion out and just talk about the behavior and how that behavior made you feel and how you like to move forward in the future to eliminate this behavior. This is the best way to approach it instead of letting your emotions come out in the conversation and just derail your conversation. So take the emotions out and just talk about how that behavior made you feel. Timing is everything. And I'm telling you this from experience. I remember my husband and I, when we first got married, there were times we had to have discussions and there were difficult conversations to have. So I'm the kind of person where I want to, Some it depends. Like sometimes I just want to hit things head on, like go for it and whatever happens, happens. He's not like that. He would like to take the time and he likes to think about things and what we're going to discuss. So there were times he'd come home from work and I'd meet him at the door ready to talk to him about that difficult conversation. And of course, he just got it from work. He doesn't want to hear all that because he got home from work. He's stressed out. The last thing he wants to hear is me talking to him about something difficult. So we were getting the conversations just about talking about a difficult conversation or topic. So eventually, I did figure out that it's best to wait, give him some time to think, give myself time to think and cool down and come up with a good way to discuss it and then give him a heads up like, hey, I need to talk to you about such and such so that he will mentally be able to prepare himself for a difficult conversation. Because let me just tell you, it is not fun having difficult conversations just thrown on you because then you don't know how to react. You feel attacked, you feel upset, your emotions take over. So it's best to give people a heads up. So if there's a difficult conversation that you have to have with your spouse or your partner, you can say something like, hey, I wanna talk to you about something It's not really bad, it's just something I think we need to talk about or work on. Do you have time later this evening for us to discuss this? Give them a heads up, give her a heads up, let them know, hey, there's something difficult I wanna talk to you about, it's nothing that's it's nothing that's really bad or anything. I just want to talk to you about it. I think we could work on it. Give them a heads up. Let them know. And set aside a time to do this. And it's even helpful if you do this at a time when he's relaxed and you're relaxed. And when you do this, you're doing this at a time when you both are at your best. When you're relaxed in a comfortable mood and they know that something is coming up. So they're not blindsided by the sudden conversation. So... Timing is everything, and just make sure you pick a time that's good for you and your partner to discuss the issue. And like I said, even set aside some time when you are both relaxed to have a difficult conversation. And finally, let respect lead the conversation and put down your defense mechanisms. This is hard, 
and because there are so many times we feel attacked and there are many times we have a reason to feel attacked because our spouse may not approach the issue or the conversation in a way that is appropriate so let's say your spouse comes at you they're upset because of something you didn't do and even though what they're saying might have some validity and truth to it the way they're approaching it and talking to you about it makes your defense mechanisms go up so the best thing to do is when you're going to have a difficult conversation it is important for you guys to lay down some ground rules and it's important to do this because you will know how you guys are expecting each other to act in this situation. So you might want to say something like, okay, so this is something I really need to talk to you about, but let's promise each other that we're going to listen to each other, we're going to respect what each other has to say, and please know that you're not being attacked. And then you can go on with your conversation from there. But when you say this, you do have to talk and you do have to start your conversation with something like the other day, such and such happened, talk about the behavior, talk about what happened, and then talk about how it made you feel. Don't say things like, you're a jerk, you're always so selfish, you're always doing this. No, because that's attacking the person. And if you've already discussed these rules for them to put down their defense mechanisms, then you can't attack them. So it's important always to talk about the behavior and not talk about the person. Talk about how it made you feel. And don't try to characterize the person as your enemy or a bad person. And by doing these things and by being respectful and being able to talk about conversations, you are creating a safe space for you and your spouse or partner to grow and talk about different things that otherwise could go haywire and derail your relationship. But it gives you a safe space to talk and it gives you an ability to trust each other and get closer to each other knowing that you can talk about anything. Now these are just some things that you can begin to do now that will help you navigate your way through difficult conversations. Remember that you will not get it the first time. So if you decide to have a difficult conversation and it doesn't go right the first time, no worries. It takes practice. And the more you practice, the better you will get. Nobody ever, okay, I'm sure there are some really talented people who could sit down at the piano and start playing immediately. But the majority of people cannot do this. Therefore, why do you expect to be able to have a difficult conversation and it go right the first time? It takes practice, but that's cool because anything in life takes practice. Anything that worth having takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of practice. Nobody ever said that this was going to be easy, but here's what I can promise you, that it is something that is worth doing. The song that we are going to listen to today is called I Still See You. And it's about a woman who neglected to have a difficult conversation in her relationship and things kind of went haywire. So here is the song, I Still See You. For so long we've talked on the phone. You made me feel loved when I felt all alone. I gave you my trust, I gave you my heart. You took my heart and you broke it apart. I cried and I cried when I found out that the person I saw was not who you are. You pretended to be the man for me when you knew all along it was just a
continued support of the Music and Therapy Podcast. BetterHelp is a counseling online service and they are there to help you. Their goal is to help people become the best version of themselves that they can be, which is in line with what we want to do here at Music and Therapy. So I'm extremely happy to work with them. Now, BetterHelp is not a do-it-yourself kind of thing. It's not one of those things that you do for self-help. BetterHelp is actually licensed counselors and trained professionals who are there to help you navigate through the most difficult times in your life. BetterHelp has licensed professional therapists and counselors who are knowledgeable and certified in their area of study. For example, here are some of the things I love about BetterHelp. It's not a traditional wait in the office kind of thing. You can meet with them online. So because it's online, people can meet with them in the United States, people can meet with them in Europe and in Africa. They can help anyone anywhere in the world. Why? Because they are online. They are flexible. You can talk to a counselor within 24 to 48 hours of signing up for services. They will match you with someone who will be able to help you. You can talk to a professional who has a specific expertise that may not be in your area. Why? Because they are online. Another thing that I love about BetterHelp is that they actually help people who don't have the money or resources to get counseling. And that's the thing that I love. So there's like, they're not holding counseling back from you because you may not be able to afford it, especially if you have lost your job because of the pandemic or have financial issues. They have scholarships available. They even have financial aid available so that you can get the help that you need if you are desperately in need for help. BetterHelp is available and BetterHelp is willing to help and serve you. So if you would like to get more information about BetterHelp or sign up for services, what you can do is click the link in the show notes and in the link, that's the link to BetterHelp. And we also have a promo code. And the great thing about the promo code is that if you put in music and vibes, that's our promo code, 
they will give you 10% off of your first month of service. So if you are in need of better help, H-E-L-P, go check it out. Click the link in the show notes, put in the promo code, and you will be on your way to begin the process of healing. I would also like to thank you guys so much for listening to me. I enjoy our time. I can't tell you enough how much I enjoy hanging out with you, spending time with you. So thank you guys so much for listening. It's appreciated, and I just love you guys. Thank you so much. Now, on that note, I want to invite you to join our Facebook group. It's not the same without you. I miss you. I want you in the group. So go ahead and join our Facebook group, and it's easy to do. There's a link in the show notes. Click on the link and join and I made it easy so that anybody can join you don't have to wait for approval you don't have to wait for anything just click the link put join and you are in so I hope I see you in the Facebook group soon because that would just be amazing join our Facebook group I also want to encourage you to follow the podcast on Spotify or Apple Music or iTunes wherever you're listening go ahead and follow the podcast also leave me a comment I would love to hear your thoughts on the show And then I also want to encourage you to share the podcast with a friend. There are people out there who need to hear some of what we're talking about. And because you are able to listen to it, and if you know someone who needs to hear what we're talking about, go ahead, share the podcast with a friend. Sharing is caring. By sharing, you are sharing the podcast. You're helping to grow our community. And you're also caring enough about your friends and your neighbors to share and let them know, hey, these are just some things that you can try out if you are dealing with these issues. Now, if you guys want to contact me, it's easy to do. I have all of that information in the show notes. It says, join me on social media. So yeah, click on any one of those links. You can send me a message. You can DM me. Whatever you want to do, you can go ahead and do that. And I promise you, if you send me a message, I will respond to you. I think that's all I have to tell you. If you guys think anything else, send me a message. Let me know. Any questions you want answered, go ahead and let me do that. So have an amazing week. Enjoy your time with family and friends. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Looking from the inside out, it seems like we are happy. But what people don't even know is that he cheated on.